Your podcast starts after this quick message from Clear. The average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for allergens and germs to get in your nose and body and wreak havoc. That is, unless you regularly clean your nose and sinuses. So for healthy breathing and a strong body, use Clear Nasal Spray. Clear is a natural nasal spray featuring xylitol, an ingredient clinically proven to work against bacteria and effectively clean, not just rinse, your nose. Clear Nasal Spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. In fact, in a recent study, researchers found that xylitol nasal sprays like Clear are just as effective as leading medicated nasal sprays. For better breathing, get Clear today. That's spelled X-L-E-A-R. You can find it at all major retailers, CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens, Sprouts, Whole Foods, and everywhere else. This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hello there, mindful listeners. Thank you so much for being here at Mindful Medicine, spending part of your day with us. I really appreciate it. Okay, you have been hearing me over and over and over again talk about the fact that um, I'm a naturopathic doctor, and I do that because it interrelates with a lot of the subjects we talk about. And one of the things that I say all of the time is that our bodies have an innate ability to heal. It is one of those things that has guided my thinking as a practitioner, as a person who just grows up in the world, as a radio host. It's that, you know, hey, we've got this innate ability to heal and just be healthy, period. And so we have to look at things that are like, you know, what's in the way? Well, I have a guest that has written an amazing book called The Serpent and the Butterfly, The Seven Laws of Healing. And his name is Dr. Ben Reeves. He is also a naturopathic doctor. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Holly. Yeah, this is amazing. I um, bought your book as soon as I knew it was out. I was so excited about it. I had goosebumps. I got it in the mail and it was like, it was a Christmas time. Um, I, I want to start with something that you say in your bio that I absolutely love. And it's this line, okay, because we're going we're gonna to jump off from here. And it is that you believe that the single most important aspect in being a naturopathic doctor is thinking like one. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So thinking like one, it has to do with the the way I approach every patient. And I think it's the single most important thing. It's not about the, the modality or the supplement or the tool. It's the mindset. The mindset is critical. And there's so many ways to get to Rome, so many roads that work. But the mindset has to be correct if we're going to get results. Yeah. And so being a naturopathic doctor, I want to talk about your experience to getting there because I think what's distinct and what's really important, I think, for listeners to understand is that there is value in all systems of medicine. You know, I've gotten in a horrible motorcycle accident and I was very happy for conventional Western allopathic reductionistic (laughs) medicine. Um, There is a place for everything, but this certain system of medicine comes with a set of principles, um, and it also, I think, is exactly sort of centered in what your book is about, which is these laws of nature, these laws of healing. So talk to me a little bit about your journey into becoming a naturopathic student and studying the system of medicine. Yeah, so I actually found naturopathic medicine pretty late in my life. I was 
around 27 or 28 years old. And of course, I knew holistic medicine. I knew alternative medicine, complementary medicine. And I'd studied that pretty broadly with lots of healers and teachers and thinkers. However, I didn't know what naturopathic medicine was. And somebody introduced it to me. Actually, it was my partner at the time. She was going through a really severe um, healing, or she was on her own healing journey. And she was trying to uncover the root causes of her condition. And she began working with a doctor. And I saw her go from zero to 100 miles per hour. In about uh, about a year, she went wow. from laying on the couch, having no energy, uh, basically being dead to the world, not being able to do basic things, to just bouncing off the walls. And I said, what in God's name happened to you? She <laughs> said, oh, my naturopathic doctor helped me. She, she figured it out for me. I was like, what is a naturopathic doctor? I have to meet this person. <laughs> and so that was the end of it. I went and met this person. I spent a couple hours with her interviewing her. And I came out of that interview having a sense that I, I needed to look deeper into this. And I had to figure out what this was because I thought maybe I wanted to devote the rest of my life to this path. Yeah. Well, that is certainly amazing. Um, and to see a transformation like that from like zero to hero, because somebody applied these principles of naturopathic medicine and somebody who wasn't doing well, got well and healed. Did you have any uh, personal journeys of, of healing that inspired you to continue to, to work and to study naturopathic medicine? You went to the, you went to, well, it's now NUNM, right? The the National correct. University of Naturopathic Medicine, correct? I did, yes. So in my early youth, um, I, I struggled with pretty severe IBS, and I had uh, childhood polyposis as a kid, wow. and it was pretty severe. I had to I had to be scoped and I had to have um, surgery um, at the age of mm. um, five and a half or six, and um, I, I was in so much pain. And I won't get into the details, but it really. Um, it really affected me. And, and that later on, I came to understand kind of what had happened. And it, it happened to be lifestyle related, I'd say, um, although there was a genetic component. But I realized that um, a lot of it was caused by inflammation and, and particularly the foods I was eating. And so mm -hmm. once I removed those foods later on with the help of a naturopathic doctor, I was able to get rid of all of the symptoms of IBS permanently. And they no longer are in my life. But if I begin to eat those foods again, they do come back pretty quickly. Uh, I also had really severe uh, seasonal allergies that um, for years, and those are completely 100% gone now with the help of uh, naturopathic medicine. So I, I had a pretty uh, serious healing journey myself, and it took years. Yeah, that's it's always inspiring. I mean, myself, it's like that when you start to get this in your bones and you start to really understand, and as you said, you removed obstacles to cure, right? Because if we say that this body of ours has this innate ability to heal, hey, what's in the way? And if you can start removing those or helping folks remove them, then the body can go ahead and do its own work. So this book is, first of all, it's beautiful. The cover is amazing. You've got star-studded folks that have given you so much praise and compliment. Um, but I want to get to all of these laws of healing, these seven laws of healing, because the way that you have it outlined and the way that you write about them are truly inspiring. And it's an easy read, folks. I want to let you know that. You can get this and 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 get on your own way of, of healing by following this book. So what led you to write the book? And let's get into it. Yeah, so I really saw a need for a book like this. I actually 
wish that I had read this book when I was 20. And so <laughs> I, I just selfishly was writing a book for myself that would meet those needs because I knew that if it could change my life when I was 20, then I know that it would help others. And so I, when, when I was younger, that's all I did was read. I, I was homeschooled off the grid in the Pacific Northwest woods. And literally, I would read a book a day. And my first love was reading, literature, writing. I even went to the University of Washington and got my degree in linguistics because I loved language so much. And my, my, my first dream was to be a, a novelist, to be a famous novelist. And so I even wrote a novel when I was uh, 21 while I was working at Whole Foods. However, I, I, I really saw a need for a small little compendium that articulated what we do and drew on uh, the forebears, those we know and those unknown, those unnamed, that uh, existed hundreds of years ago, um, and, and many of them have written books or are well-known uh, in our history um, of integrative medicine. Uh, I really wanted to give them credit, and then I, wanted, and then I saw all of this evidence-based medicine that's been accruing over the last decades and uh, really supports uh, a lot of these laws of healings. And so it's kind of a an intersection where uh, technology and evidence-based medicine intersects with uh, old-school proven methods, old-school proven techniques, the wisdom of tradition. And so I really saw a need for a book, and then I wanted it to be millennial-friendly. Uh, I knew that if, if millennials <laughs> would love it, then I had succeeded because yes. I think that millennials are just brilliant. And I, I happen to not really be one. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the cusp. I'm, I'm a 41 years old now. So I, I, uh, I intersect with a lot of millennials, but I'm kind of just outside of that. However, I, I feel like a millennial in my you heart. You can still soul. relate. Yes, yep. absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So I just saw a need for this book. And, I, and first, of, first of all, I wrote it for myself because it didn't exist yet. And then I also wrote it for others because I, I wanted to explain what we do. Yeah. So let's talk about the first, the law of vitality. Yeah. So the law of vitality, uh, this is the, the V's or the vis medicatrix natura, and it's credited to Hippocrates, the founding father of medicine. And it's this, this vital force, this idea that there's an innate healing capacity. The body is always working to restore normal structure and function. And we can harness this healing power of nature. We can work with it rather than against it. Yeah, it, I love I love this the law of vitality because when you talk about like the V's or in nature, you can see this law this happen in nature all the time. You can see a forest fire like rummage through, and what happens is secondary succession in these plants that are growing. Uh, you see it if you just nick yourself, right? Um, it, uh, and 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 if as long as it's not infected or there's no dirt there, there's no obstacle your body what it just it, over time it will heal and you can see this vitality in nature and all around us and i love that you say that people can harness it as long as they know about it so now with your book they can um so more go through these other laws yeah so this law um, leads right into the second law which is the law of disease and uh, i credit this to one of the, the founders of naturopathy dr henry linlar mdnd he, he said that all disease um, is, is caused by three things. And he gave it kind of old terminology. Uh, he said the accumulation of abnormal or the abnormal composition of blood and lymph, the accumulation of uh, morbid matters, toxins and poisons, and a devitalized uh, vitality or a weak vital force. And so to translate that into, into modern day language, basically all disease is caused by deficiency, that is not having what the body needs, 
toxicity, that is the, uh, the buildup of, of toxicity in the, in the tissues and the blood, and uh, a weak vitality, that is not having enough energy, uh, not having enough mitochondrial you know, oomph, not having enough vitality. And so those three things are sort of the underpinnings of all imbalance in the human body. And if we know that, we can actually turn that uh, you know, inside out upon itself and say, okay, well, optimal health is having a really great vitality, having repletion of nutrition, and um, you know, being low in toxicity. So that, that's, the, that's the law of disease. And that, that comes right out of the vitality because if we can support those three things, then the vitality is also supported and the innate healing capacity is allowed to do what it's programmed to do. Yeah, that vitality can shine. And, you know, and you mentioned, and I think this is such a great point, that naturopathic medicine, as you say, is it is not a paradigm of disease. It's actually, it presents a paradigm of health. And this is important for listeners, I think, because I work with integrative, I work in an integrative clinic. I'm the only naturopathic doctor there, and I work with four MDs, M as in Mary, so medical doctors. Um, and they're, and it's, it's never a we, they thing. I respect their schooling and their thought process, which is very reductionistic. I gave a, a lecture once at the University of Boston on the history of medicine. And to be honest with you, I didn't know a whole heck of a lot about the history of medicine, and I had to do an incredible amount of research. And it was fascinating to me, um, and I, I won't spend too much time on this, but reductionism is where you reduce somebody to maybe a lab test or a sign or a symptom or you know something that they're feeling or a diagnosis. And and my colleagues, they do that. And it, it's and, and here in, in our modern day, it's mostly here, take this with a pharmaceutical agent. That's how we're going to fix this. We're going to reduce you to this and you got to take this, right? And so... The paradigm is just different because it is, that's this disease context that we are living in, mostly in, I think, our modern day and mostly here in America. Um, and naturopathic medicine, and, and I love this, you say, is a paradigm of health. And so we're looking at removing these things to let that vitality shine for folks. Exactly. We, we have to know how the body heals. We have to know what optimal health is and not only do we have to know everything about the disease process, but we also have to know how the body gets well. And if and we really specialize in that, that's that's where we shine. But we also have to learn all of those other things about disease. We have to learn all the pathophysiology and the pathognomonics and all of the science. However, health is where it's at. It's it's uh, and so there's there's a place for both of these paradigms. They really uh, intersect, and they're just like the two serpents going up the staff, the, the symbol of medicine. Yeah. Uh, there's you know two serpents. One is they're they're two different paradigms, and they they've been intersecting throughout all of time. All right, so let's move on to the law of cure. So the law of cure is a little bit more difficult, a little more esoteric, but in its basic sense, it's, it's that healing proceeds in four ways. And, and one can observe this. Uh, it's, it's not a hard and fast rule, but we can, we can look for these signs as integrative medicine practitioners to know, uh, or verify that our, that our patient is moving in the direction of health. And basically it's that, uh, healing, uh, proceeds in four ways from the, from the inside out, so in other words, um, you know, inner organs and, and tissues that are more and in, deeper inside of the body often heal before things on the surface. Uh, healing uh, moves in the uh, reverse order 
of the symptoms in which they occurred. So sometimes we see patients uh, heal, things heal that happened recently, and then things from the past heal in succession from that. Uh, the, thir the third one is that uh, healing proceeds from the most important to the least important organs. So uh, oftentimes we'll see uh, the heart or the brain or, um, or maybe some endocrine organs like the thyroid uh, heal or begin to kind of heal before um, things like the skin or the lungs, things that are a little bit um, not as important in the body. And then <laughs> the fourth is that um, uh, healing um, moves from the top down. So oftentimes uh, we'll see, um, and that kind of speaks to the brain and the heart being higher in the body, but we can see, sometimes we see rashes, for example, healing um, from the top down or, or symptoms moving. And so th this isn't something to go try at home, uh, but this is something that we can lo look for as we're working with our patients and we're trained in this. We, we go to an accredited uh, medical school, a naturopathic medical school, and we, we we learn some of these ways of observing healing. And this, this goes back to Dr. Constantine Herring, uh, who was a medical doctor uh, who uh, first articulated these laws uh, early in the 1900s. Ah, uh, that's amazing. This is great. And all right, so let's get through these. And the law of compensation. Yeah, I love so the, this law, one. the law of compensation uh, says that everything we do to the body uh, first has a primary effect. So if we take a drug, um, it has a mechanism of action, or it does something immediate that usually we can see, and uh, it's usually not very long lasting. However, the, there's always a secondary effect that is usually much longer lasting. It's much more persistent, and it's often... Um, uh, stronger in its uh, potency. And so I think that pharmacology drugs is really the, the, the best place to look for this. Uh, and, and if you look at a, you know, a bottle of Tylenol and you read the side effects that Tylenol can cause, um, you know, I, I don't need to get into them here, but those are like the secondary effects um, after the Tylenol has done its original action, which is to right. inhibit inflammation, to inhibit the prostaglandins and the synthesis of them so that, uh, you know, so that fever is reduced or inflammation is reduced in the body. However, we know that if we take Tylenol for a long time, it can lead to a bunch of side effects. So yes. that's, that's the law of compensation. And knowing this, we can, um, we can use it uh, to help our patients heal. And we can also educate them, okay, look, this, this, this drug is going to do this thing, but here's what, here's what it's also going to do down the road. Yeah. And I, I see this too as... You know, I mean, there's so many examples I think we could discuss about the law of compensation because I think the body compensates in its ability to try to get back to that vitality that it is meant to do, right? It's trying. And then therefore, in its efforts, sometimes symptoms will arise. And then you can start tracing back if you look at people's symptoms, like, well, why is the body doing that? How is it? Why is it compensating? Um, if it's compensating for a lack of oxygen, right? You're going to have a whole bunch of things happening in your vitality. That's why they call vital signs, right? They're going right. to be off because... There's a compensation happening. The body wants to get oxygen into the cells and into our lungs and into the blood, et cetera. And if it's um, being cut off for some reason, 
I'm talking in very grandiose sort of like, you know, macro situations, you're, you're going to see perhaps a higher blood pressure. You're going to see a higher heart rate because the body is looking to restore the normalcy. And so sometimes clinically, I think you look at those symptoms that people are, are presenting with and you can see how the body is starting to compensate. And then it can show you the journey of how this vitality is being lost and that disease is, is starting to creep in. Exactly. Yeah, this is a, it's really the language of the body and it, there's a wisdom there. And so the compensations, it's kind of an underpinning of this idea of homeostasis that the body is uh, constantly, um, uh, it's, it's sort of like a fighter in a ring, like a UFC fighter. I mean, the body's constantly battling and it's, it's balancing and it's, 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 there's a wisdom there. And so we were trained to see this and it also speaks to the vitality. We can see the vitality being lost or we can see it being restored. Uh, and so this is something that we don't really learn so much about. It's a little, it takes a lot more study, uh, but it's so important. And this, this law was first articulated by uh, Henry Lindlar in his classic book, Nature Cure, published in 1913. He goes into the law of compensation. And I think it's so important. All right, so we've got the law of residence, the law of synergy, and the law of intention to go. Yes, so the law of resonance is the fifth law of healing. And this one, I think, is, is perhaps the most woo-woo or esoteric of all the laws in, in its own way. However, it just comes from physics. And uh, Holly, I know you're a musician. I'm a musician. I think the best way to understand this law is, is, is by looking at mu music and, and musical instruments. If I set a guitar next to a violin and they're both touching each other and I pluck the string on the guitar, the violin will begin to vibrate at uh -huh. the same harmonics it shares in common with the guitar. And so this is resonance. In other words, um, the, the violin will begin to resonate at the frequencies, at the harmonics, but only the ones it shares in common with the guitar. And so we, this is something we apply in medicine. And, and we've uh, herbalists, healers, shamans, um, integrated medicine practitioners, naturopathic physicians, functional medicine doctors. We, we've known for a long time about certain plants, for example, that seem to have an affinity for certain organs. For example, uh, milk thistle loves the kidneys and milk thistle has been used for decades to, to treat the kidneys. And now science is showing that, well, we can isolate certain properties from milk thistle like silymarin that actually has an effect on the kidneys. However, um, ancient healers have known that there was a resonance uh, between uh, milk thistle, the plant, and the kidneys. And so they would use it for, for, for their patients who had kidney disease. Uh, and so we as, as naturopathic doctors, we were using modalities that resonate with certain diseases, certain organs, certain tissues, and certain people. And so we can yeah. use this to, to heal. We can also use it to harm because, for example, um, there's a lot of talk about electromagnetic frequencies these days, and we know that uh, certain frequencies can damage DNA. It's just a fact. Uh, radiation, for example, can can damage DNA. There's hundreds and hundreds of studies on this. That also is, is sort of using the law of resonance, but it's it's showing that there's a dissonance. There's not a resonance and there's actually damage. So we can actually use things that damage, um, that don't resonate or create that, you know, create dissonance as well. Yeah. I think it's best. I love that word because, you know, when you just meet somebody and you're talking to them and you walk away and you go, God, I really resonated with them. Right. It's like yep. that feeling. Yep. It's that. Mm -hmm. that's Okay. The law of synergy. One plus yes. one equals three. 
Yeah. So the law of synergy uh, gets into this idea of wholeness. Basically, the law of synergy is that uh, we can use a couple of different uh, treatments, a couple of different modalities, and together they will have an effect that is much greater than if they were used by themselves. And so it's that the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And this is um, a law in science. Uh, we know it in like electromagnetics, in, in physics again. And we as naturopathic doctors know that there are certain uh, plants, for example, that have a synergy when they're used together. Also, there are certain uh, treatments that work well together. And, you know, I like to use the, the uh, analogy of like a, a general contractor or a carpenter who's trying to build a house. You can't build a house with a hammer. You got to have all the different tools and all of those different tools have a synergy together to create that house. So synergy uh, is a way of treating the whole. And this is a, a basic law in naturopathic medicine, tole totem, treat the whole person. That's Latin for treat the whole person. And so synergy is a way of treating the whole. And by treating the whole, we can heal. And what's so interesting, Holly, is that the word heal actually comes from the word to make whole. And so wow. we have this idea of synergy, even in the word healing, because if by treating the whole, we're treating all the parts, not just, you know, not just one part, not just one diagnosis, not just one lab value, but the whole person with the diagnosis, with the disease, with the lab values. So that's the law of synergy. I love it. Okay. And the law of intention, <laughs> this last one. Okay. The law of intention. So I think that the law of intention is probably the most important law. And I actually believe, <laughs> believe that this is where it all begins. It begins with intending to get well. And so the, the law of intention is that we can actually use our intention. We can use our, um, our focus. We can, we can use our, our beliefs or we can use our consciousness to actually affect the outcome of our health and uh, of any disease state. And this is actually shown in, in science, uh, that, you know, our, our, um, approach to something actually influences the outcome. It's, it's well-documented, whether it's, uh, placebo or not, it's still documented that it has an effect uh, for the benefit. So this is the law of intention. And really, it, it begins with this law. It be, the, the, the vitality, the innate healing capacity is activated. It's turned on by, um, by our intention to get well uh, or by us being open to the possibility of a new way, to the possibility of a healing journey, to the possibility that we can improve our state. Yeah, that is so amazing. So this is, so I, in, I love, you start your book out with the epilogue of, of the serpent and the butterfly. You end it with um, the prologue of um, a legacy divided. It's, you've got these seven laws that you, you brilliantly just allow people to understand so they can apply it in their own lives to help heal. I think it's such important work, especially in our modern day, where we've got so much from an environmental perspective, from an electronic perspective, from <clears throat> a political perspective, everything that's going on that, that we wake up to every day that could dampen our vitality if we let it. And um, th th it's an amazing book, Dr. Reeves. It's, it's, it's absolutely lovely. I want to talk about one last thing before we go. You know, I've always, and I think people get confused about, because um, you even said it at the top of the show, sort of about your journey, and you had studied eh, holistic medicine or alternative medicine. Um, and then, you know, 
And then you've mentioned integrative medicine too, which I always think of, I like to say integrative, right? So it's not we, they, it's not, you know, it's like, hey, as long as you focus on the person that is presenting in front of you and you use, like you said, doesn't matter what modality, it's that you have this intention, you have these principles and you're looking at a person and, and, and these, these laws are guiding your clinical thinking. But I always thought that naturopathy, um, let's just naturopathy, um, was that beginning, you know, where you, you think about hydrotherapy and modalities like literally like getting good, clean air and clean water and nutrient dense food. And then it feels like naturopathic medicine, it evolved into that where, as you said, we have to learn about disease. We had to take pathophysiology and microbiology and all the biomedical sciences so we could understand the person's disease process and then use these principles and these laws of healing to actually restore or help, I should say, folks restore optimal health. Does that, do you feel like that, 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 that evolution from naturopathy to naturopathic medicine throughout the years is sort of, is is that kind of what happened? Absolutely. I agree 100% with you. And, and that's really what this book is about. It's about um, honoring all of those prescient scientists, all of those early pioneers who um, knew these things clinically, they knew them through observation and they helped so many people. And, and, and then as we moved into the sciences uh, coming out and, and really um, showing that, you know, all these thousands of studies showing that there's something to this and showing evidence behind it. Now there are some areas where there's not as much evidence, um, but it, it's not all about evidence all the time. The evidence is in the healing journey. The evidence is in the person getting well. And sometimes that starts with just simple things like clean air, clean water, yeah, and believing one can get well. I would say that's observational evidence because I've seen it, you know, certainly as much as possible practice evidence-based medicine in my practice. But, you know, sometimes I don't know how much evidence there is about removing, let's say, gluten from um, especially dwarf wheat, you know, the genetically modified wheat that we have here and and, and somebody's skin rash gets better. Um, I'm not going to dive into research studies on that, but if I see it happen, that's observational evidence to me and I'm going to go with it. Absolutely. Well, and this also gets into the fact that uh, functional medicine really came out of naturopathic medicine, and you know it's a it's a great it's another great um, you know tradition that's emerged over the last few decades. But it yeah. really has its roots in naturopathy, and naturopathy is uh, such an original foundation. Yeah, I've heard Dr. Mark Hyman. He actually has said that before. I've, I've seen it written by him, um, which awesome. I, I think said yeah says quite a bit. Um, <laughs> and Ben, I, I have to tell people, um, you know, we were friends on Facebook and, uh, the thing that I love most about you is you can sum up a, a healing process in about three words. One of my favorite ones, I'm just going to say it is that it's not a protocol. It's a person. You said that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which makes all the sense in the world, folks. You know, you can't, you know, you can't Google, you know, a protocol on how to heal, X, Y, and Z, because you are a person, you've got different influences, and that is naturopathic. Dr. Reeves, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for your work, and and keep on keeping on. I really appreciate it. Okay, really important. I want people to understand where they can find out more about you. Dr. Ben Reeves, that's at www.dr 
R-E-E-B-S.com. So drreebs.com. And The Serpent and the Butterfly is the book, The Seven Laws of Healing. You can grab this book. It is such a great little nugget for you to understand how you can make that vitality shine as best as it can. Mindful listeners, thank you so much for once again being with us, and I will see you next time.